You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. This episode is brought to you by Palo Alto Networks, the leader in cybersecurity. As AI-driven attacks increase, organizations can't afford to have network security that's stuck in the past. Discover how Palo Alto Networks can help you predict what's coming and proactively secure against it with a zero-trust, AI-powered network security platform built to secure whatever, whenever, wherever. To learn more, visit paloaltonetworks.com slash network security platform. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CyberWire's Research Saturday. I'm Dave Bittner, and this is our weekly conversation with researchers and analysts tracking down the threats and vulnerabilities, solving some of the hard problems of protecting ourselves in a rapidly evolving cyberspace. Thanks for joining us. Actually, it was for fun, uh, the, the exploitation part, but the, the, the main purpose of the research was to deeply understand how things are working to, to better detect it in the platform. That's Gafneet Amiga, Director of Security Research at Lightspin. The research we're discussing today is titled AWS RDS Vulnerability Leads to AWS Internal Service Credentials. Everybody, I want to take a few minutes here and talk about our sponsor, Splunk. You know, you need to keep operations humming around the clock, but potential disruptions are everywhere. Splunk helps you predict problems and find and fix issues fast so you can reduce risk and ditch downtime. The world's largest enterprises rely on Splunk's unified security and observability platform to become more efficient, resilient, and innovative. With Splunk, you can react quickly, evolve faster, and be ready for anything. Stay ahead of disruptions. Learn more at splunk.com slash resilience. Well, for folks who may not be familiar with uh, Amazon Elastic Kubernetes Service, and all of the stuff that you're working with here. Can you give us a little bit of the background, a little description of of how all this stuff works? Yes. So um, Kubernetes is the containers orchestration platform uh, that was created uh, inside Google. EKS is a managed Kubernetes service. It's it's really complicated and uh, and, uh, hard to maintain a, a, a Kubernetes cluster, even just to... To create it, uh, it, it, uh, it can be uh, difficult sometimes. So what Amazon are doing is to, to give us uh, like a black box, all the control plan area. Uh, they create the cluster for us. Uh, they maintain the control plan. Uh, and you uh, can have access to the, to the data plan and you can just start and connect uh, your uh, client to the cluster and start de- deploying deployments on, on Kubernetes. It should be easier to, uh, to work with that and maintain it. 
and and EKS is that managed service. Well, that all sounds great. Uh, walk us through your research here and how you uh, discovered some vulnerabilities. In EKS, uh, the 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 research question was first like how EKS performs the authentication because they are able to to identify you as an AWS IAM identity. In AWS, you have users, you have roles, you have groups, and in EKS, you can stay logged in to the to the terminal uh, as an AWS identity, let's say an IAM user or role, and you can uh, perform actions against your managed Kubernetes cluster in EKS. So the question was how how it's done and to deeply understand it and uh, Nogo's, in Nogo's research, uh, you can see exactly how they are doing that. She specified that there is a, a config map inside the, the cube system namespace. And this config map, uh, the AWS auth config map, there is a mapping between AWS identities and Kubernetes identities. And the code that uh, is uh, running uh, con- in the control plan by AWS is the code that if of the AWS uh, authenticator for Kubernetes. This is uh, an open source uh, code that uh, was developed first by Haptio and then moved to AWS EKS themselves. And they're using this code uh, and deploy this service inside the managed Kubernetes control plan. You cannot see it, you cannot access it, but, but it's there or like some kind of uh, version of it. Uh, and the logic there uh, is is written in that um, in that code. And by like uh, uh, researching the code and, and doing a code review, you can see what is the exact logic of how things are being translated between the AWS identity and the Kubernetes identity. Uh, and when I uh, did the the review and the debug, I I locally installed it and just to play with it to to be able to play with it. Uh, I saw that there are multiple parameters in the request that they are looking in order to to decide what is going to be the Kubernetes identity they are going to map to. They want to figure out eventually what is going to be the Kubernetes username and Kubernetes group. And in order to do that, they are using AWS service and endpoint which is STS get caller identity. In AWS STS get caller identity uh, returns back the logged in user identity. So they mm-hmm. use this endpoint in order to get back the user identity. And then they take this identity and map it using the config map to a Kubernetes uh, username and group. So in the, the way they are using the STS get caller identity endpoint, is that they're requesting the the user that access the the cluster to send a signed request to STS get caller identity endpoint. And the signed request is signed using the AWS credentials, the access key and the secret of the the, the IAM user in AWS. When when you go over the code, there is a, a, a section when they take the signed request parts, so there are multiple parameters that are being passed as part of this request, 
but uh, one of the of the parameters is, for example, uh, uh, what is the what is the access key ID of the of the user that signed the request? So there are multiple parameters being parsed in the request, and uh, and they are taking these parameters and using a to lower function uh, in order to save it. So there there is a kind of uh, um, a trick that you can pass the the same parameter name twice. And then uh, uh, you sign the, the the request with both parameters, but one is like with uppercase and one is with lowercase parameter name. And what mm. happens is that the EKS cluster will take one of the two because it, it depends on the ordering, but it will take one of the two. So we want the, we want the cluster to take the malicious one, the one that we're going to manipulate the value of the access key ID. And the STS in AWS will take only the one that he is familiar with. He will not, it, it will just ignore the STS service itself, will ignore the, the manipulated parameter as long as it's signed as part of the, of the request. So this is exactly what I did. I passed both the, I, I passed twice the same parameter name in the, in the request and signed it. And then what happened is that EKS took the malicious access key ID and translated uh, it into like a different user. So you can trick hmm. it to think you are an, a, another identity in the cluster. Uh, this can lead to a, a, a privilege escalation inside the cluster. It depends on how the mapping in the AWS auth config map is configured. Uh, but uh, yeah, th this is the, the technical issue. So it's, uh, it's, it's led to a privilege escalation inside the cluster. And has uh, the EKS uh, team addressed this? Um, so they, what they did is to check that you are not passing the same parameter uh, name twice. Hmm. They allow you to pass it only once, and and then it it prevents the attack. I see. So so is this fixed now? Is this been patched? Yes, it has been. It it was patched and it was fixed. Actually, it was patched. Uh, very quickly, and now uh, all the EKS managed clusters are fixed. But if you are using the open source of the IAM Authenticator, or, or that you are using EKS anywhere, uh, which is the on-premise version of uh, uh, EKS, then you should take an action and to up update the, the this uh, service by yourself. What do you make of this vulnerability in, in terms of? You know how this code was written and the the functionality that they were intending to have happen and the resulting bug. I mean, do you have thoughts on on how this sort of thing comes to pass? Uh, well, I think that the service is written uh, really good. You can see from the in the issues, you can see that they're in the in the pull request. You can see that they're taking into account all the the security aspect. They have blocked. And many other leads that I thought that I will be able to exploit in the in the code there. They heavily thought about security while they created this extension. It's tricky. It's always tricky to uh, to enforce the connection between two services. And in this case, is uh, EKA, uh, uh, Kubernetes authentication and identity and AWS identity. It, it's always tricky. But but I get the 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 need to ease. The, the usage of the end user at, at the end, but uh, 
I think that here also when you you look the way they treat it, so they they took it very uh, fast from the moment you report to the moment it's it deployed in production, the fix. So I think it's a, it's it's a good balance here. You know, you mentioned uh, when we were first uh, speaking that that part of your reason for digging into this was fun. Um, was it fun? I mean, it, it sounds to me like uh, this is the, the sort of thing that you and your colleagues really have a good time with. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's always uh, interesting because you you start just uh, by uh, uh, researching to understand how it works, but then things start to come up to your mind, like, and what if, and if I will change that into that, how it will react, and you always uh, uh, save it uh, to a later. Uh, later time and uh, when you have the time you you try to play with it so it, it is for me it is it's fun our thanks to Gafnit Amiga from Lightspin for joining us the research is titled AWS RDS vulnerability leads to AWS internal service credentials we'll have a link in the show notes the CyberWire podcast is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing CyberWire team is Rachel Gelfin, Liz Irvin, Elliot Peltzman, Trey Hester, Brandon Karp, Eliana White, Peru Prakash, Justin Sabi, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next week.